0: Welcome, 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 and welcome to the Adventure of an Entrepreneur, the podcast that dives deep into the world of entrepreneurship. We're going to be hearing the stories from entrepreneurs from all over the world in different industries. They're going to be sharing with us the stories of how they face setbacks, walk through fire, climbed mountains to reach success. I'm your host, Shri Mahabir. Are you someone who is thinking about having a career change? Do you even know what signs to look for? Are you thinking, hey, in 2024, it's time for a change? Well, if that is you, then this live is for you. And you want to stay, even if you're catching the replay, you want to stay for the conversation. Today that is exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking to this amazing recruiter, career coach, and his name is Philip Davis. He is the founder of Full Fulfillment. I mean, he has his name in the title of his business and he's going to be answering your questions. So anything related to recruiting, to career change, to what signs to, you know, look out if it's time, because sometimes we're just stuck and we think that, where we are is where we need to be, but really, it's time for a change. And also, something that I love is he helps you discover your potential. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring my amazing guest, Phil Davis. Thank you so much for What's joining up? us tonight.
1: This is highlighted highlight of the day right here. Thank you for having me, Shree. I appreciate you, friend. What's this up? is
0: a highlight for me because I really mm. want to get into it. You know what, The you know, we're going to get right into it because this conversation is yeah. heavy on many people's minds because yeah. it's a time of year. And I will share that about, you know, two years ago. I didn't know that I was going to be laid off nine days before Christmas. I wish there was a show like this on that would have kind of helped me prepare for it. I want to say hi to G. I want to say hi to Claudia. I want to say hi to Robert. Let us know your questions, especially Claudia. You said you got to leave. So if you have any questions, I want to make sure I ask them. So let's get into just a little bit about Phil and I want to ask you something. Okay, so I know you have a wonderful wife, a wonderful dog, and you love to sing. Uh, what yeah. is something that's that's a fun fact about you that no one knows about?
1: A fun-filling fact, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say the most interesting fact about me is... Not only am I an opera singer because I studied opera—it's on my LinkedIn headline—but I am one of four um, siblings. So I have three sisters, and we are all the same age, born all on the same day, like April 6. Four babies came out <laughs> of my mother, and of course, we're all over the place. Two of them are in Milwaukee. One of my sisters is downtown Atlanta, and of course, I'm up here north of the city. And uh, but of all the interesting facts that's the one that I have to share.
0: <laughs> that is a lot. I mean that's that's a lot of sisters all in one place. And so whenever it came to the birthday party, did your ideas ever get picked?
1: <laughs> um rarely because it was 3 <laughs> against 1, right? So like I remember there was one time I think we were six and we, we, so we used to live in Michigan, like in a small town called Brighton, which is about 30 minutes from Detroit. And um, I remember there for my sixth birthday, I wanted to have the birthday at my favorite arcade place, uh, like an arcade roller skating rank place. It was called Rama, which it's still there because Kelsey and I, we went to go visit Roller Rama a couple of years ago, but then my sisters, we have a little at, at the neighborhood we lived at, there was a kind of like a neighborhood cabin thingy or whatever and like all my sisters wanted it there for our sixth birthday and so of course we did it there and mm-hmm. it was fine like it was all right <laughs> but um it ended up being really fun though so um but it's it's hard sometimes right to like kind of get what you want to do and and uh and stuff but uh but yeah that was probably the one <laughs> Story, at least I can share right now. So,
0: well, that's a cute story, and I do want to say that sometimes you just kind of have to take a step back, even if it wasn't what you wanted. But yeah. hey, you had fun memories. So, how did you first get introduced to HR, recruiting?
1: Yeah, Whew. well, I fell right into it. <laughs> I fell hard into it. Right. So like um I feel like a lot of a lot of at least a lot of like HR recruitment professionals who I know, a lot of them kind of just fell into it because I didn't really wake up one day and said, "Ooh, I want to be in HR. Ooh, I want to be in recruiting. Right. Um, Because I studied opera like of all like majors in college. I was a freaking opera singer because at the time I was like, yeah, I want to be the next Luciano Pavarotti, who's like probably the most world's famous tenor. Right. Opera tenor. And <laughs> And that didn't happen, right? So, I naturally back then I knew I needed to do something in like the business world, but I never I never really knew what I wanted to do back then. I was like, well, do I want to go into marketing? Do I want to do something like an accounting? Like, well, what's Phil gonna do? Who's Phil, and what's gonna happen? And I knew just my character about helping other people and like serving folks. I knew I wanted to kind of start doing something, and so I was. Um, Given the opportunity to work for a small little tv network here in atlanta and i started out kind of as an admin assistant and i did everything for them i learned like marketing i learned sales i learned hr recruiting and that's really what happened is i learned like how to review resumes and how to do like phone screen interviews i had a an amazing H, hr mentor and manager when i was there and he eventually needed some some more help and so he created this like hr generalist role for me because um, my work, you know, was exceptional when I was there. And then I learned just the ins and outs of the HR function under his wing, and the rest is history, right? So I, um, I- I've i never career changed, if you will, outside of like a people-facing position. Um, but, you know, I've been through a lot in my career, right? I mean, I've been through multiple layoffs. I went through a COVID layoff, and really, I've been through three in my in my career, three different types of layoffs and work changes and stuff like that, all consistently back to back. And so just during 2020, and you know this and other folks that we know know this as well, like I knew that I wanted to do something different where I could still help people, but helping them along their own journey. And so having the HR and the talent acquisition background that I had back in corporate I was like, you know what? Why don't I just get out there and help job seekers and help career professionals who are stuck, frustrated, burned out and unfulfilled right in their career to help them find fulfillment by truly like tuning into their unique value but also helping them to gain confidence in that value. Because I say this all the time on LinkedIn, all the time on Instagram. Like, we all have value. We are all worth something. We all are able to impact others, people, and, and companies. And so a lot of what I do is I really dig deep with my clients and help them find that value, right? Um, and we share it. We sing it out, if you will. <laughs> Idea. Well,
0: G loves your singing. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to G with her transition, yes. and her business, yes. helping you build your presence on LinkedIn. If you're in HR or you're looking for a job, definitely check her out. So I want to go back to something that you said. You yes. were working for a company and you just kind of took different roles. But it also shows that you kind of heard, was listening to yourself because this is something that a lot of us don't do. I was just sharing with my daughter today that I sometimes people see things in us or we miss those signs, those callings from within. Like we know that we shouldn't be working in engineering. We should be recruiting for engineers or we should be I don't know, some people are very creative and they go into sales roles, but the calling for being creative because they get into a situation like they get laid off, that was their door closing and then they step into the role of creativeness. So I want to like dive a little bit because this is actually a question. It's how did you discover your potential and what you're doing today? Because you figured it out a lot sooner than some of us when you went into that HR journalist role when you worked for that first company?
1: Yeah. I mean, such a good question, right? I mean, I think for me, I think a lot of it just started with just my my passion for performance, right? So like, when I studied opera, like even before I I did opera, like I was in musical theater when I was in middle school and high school, and and even in college, I was part of the opera chorus and different you know musical theater productions and things like that. And so for me, like if you know Myers Briggs assessments, I'm an F, like I'm a feeler, so I'm I'm very emotional and I I feel you know more than I think, um, which is which is good. And so when it comes to like musical performance and stuff i'm not up there performing because it's like oh look at me i'm a great singer or whatever i'm there to help convey an emotion to the audience and have them feel a certain emotion about a song that i'm singing whether it's positive negative uncertain whatever and because i love impacting people in that performance sense that really helped me and, and, and have that creativity that really naturally helped me to enhance a lot of my skills in like customer service. Cause I, I believe, and there was a LinkedIn post a couple days ago. It was phenomenal. I wish I could find it, but it talked about how customer service is not just a customer support, like thing where you're calling a, calling a customer support center about a complaint, like customer service is in every different job that's out there like i don't care if you're in marketing hr sales whatever you're always serving customers to the best of your ability and so doing that on like a musical performing perspective helped me naturally to kind of realize then and you know i was like i want to do something where i'm going to help impact people and my philosophy i'll kind of go off of robert's pun about fulfilling there earlier my philosophy just every day is if i'm helping or impacting at least one person a day then i've done my job for the day whether it's through career coaching whether it's through a linkedin post i'm doing or a comment or just or just saying thank you to somebody um because i'm all about the individual right i'm all about quality relationships over quantity oh look at me i'm working with 100 clients at one time no i don't do that because i'm all about the individual and so i would say that's that performance end of it is really. I would say the root cause of me getting into what I'm getting into, because um, it's about serving other people.
0: So, because this is like, there's like so many leadways. I have so many questions because they mm-hmm. all go together and they intertwine. And you just kind of beautifully put it. But I don't want to. I don't want to miss out in asking you. You know, what is full fulfillment, and what are the services you provide?
1: Fulfillment. Fulfillment is, if you think about fulfillment, like Amazon Fulfillment Services or like a fulfillment, like fulfillment is kind of like two different things, right? Fulfillment is a process, right, where something is going to be obtained. And I talk about that through my unique tune into framework. So with my musical creativity that I have. All of my coaching programs that I do and all my services are encompassed around my little tune into process. And each letter of of tune and into is a step. So it's literally an eight-step process that I holistically go over with all of my clients, whether they're career uh, whether they're a career professional, um, if they're a company looking for for top talent, you know that kind of stuff. And we intuitively do that process. So the last letter, I'm not going to go through each letter because I've been doing it on my page. But basically, the first letter is all about establishing trust, right? And the last letter is O, obtain. So when you think about fulfillment in that perspective, it's about obtaining something, right? Whether we're wanting to obtain a new career opportunity, whether we're wanting to obtain top talent, whether we're just wanting to obtain awareness in the value that we're able to give to other people. That's, That's that side of fulfillment. Now, there's another side of fulfillment, which is all around, again, the feeling side of it, right? The confidence boosting, helping people to discover their full potential, as you said earlier, so kindly. Um, that's the brand. It's it's the feeling of confidence. It's the feeling of gaining fulfillment by tuning into your value. But it's also the feeling of obtaining that goal that you want, all by doing it through the journey. So my motto is actually fulfilling your journey. I don't say that a lot, but the actual company motto is fulfilling your journey because I want to be there to fulfill you along the journey, not just the destination. Because I think a lot of times, especially as a as a job seeker or as, or as humans in general, we're we're always naturally kind of inclined to say, we want this now. Like we want this job right now. Like we want this job right now. We want this talent right now. Like we want it now. We want it yesterday. We want to rush into that destination end goal, but a lot of times we don't focus on the process or the journey that it's taken to get us to that fulfillment. And so a lot of what I talk about with clients and even just here is is we really should enjoy the process of getting to that destination by celebrating the wins that come along our path, whether they're big wins or small wins. I think it's so important to reflect on that.
0: And yes, I agree with Claudia. This is, that's awesome. Help people fulfill their journey. I think you should, the moment that you said that I don't mention the piece about the journey, I've made this face like, why? Because (laughs) I am going to pick a bone. I think that that's an important piece that you're not sharing. I think recruiters are like, just talking about, I just need to get a person. I get to need to get a person. But as the person who's going through the journey. Yep we're not thinking about them because look it is hard to get a job let alone get your resume looked at let alone get on an interview then be turned down seven interviews later but there's a win in there but we don't look at the win cuz the win is getting a job so i mean i'm i'm i don't know about y'all if you're listening to this because what I do is I take these episodes, these live shows, and I turn it into a podcast, which is Adventure of an Entrepreneur. So yes, this is Journey of an Entrepreneur, but I turn it into a podcast. So if you're listening live, if you're watching the replay, are you listening onto the podcast? Or if you're catching me on YouTube, I do we are streaming to YouTube definitely let let us know, should Phil be saying that he should include It's a Journey? Because sometimes we think that it's not important, but I would love to know from the audience if he should, because that will give ideas for Phil, because I think it's really, I personally think it's important. And that's that raw side, which brings me to this question, which is, how do you know you're ready for a career change? Like, what signs? Like real signs? Is there some kind of like, hello, you need to change?
1: Yeah, I think it depends, right? I mean, for me, moving into entrepreneurship, I knew when that that third layoff happened and that my position was eliminated. That's the other thing too, that's important. Like if you've been recently laid off or if you've been experiencing a a layoff just in your career, I don't want you, I, I think I talk a lot about mindset. I don't want you to think about, Oh, I was let go, right? It's the position that was affected, right? Like the role was eliminated. You're still your same person. You still have value. And if, 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 your position was eliminated it has nothing to do against your performance or what you've done. That's that's very, very important. I had to share that because it's not about your value being you know decreased or anything like that. You are worth it. Right. But when it comes to. Oh, what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was getting into it there.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, that's part of it. Because yeah. when you get laid off, you're like, first Boom. thing, why me?
1: But it also mm-hmm. gets you to
0: think, it's not about you. It was just whatever was going on. Unless Correct. you, you know, you are me and it's your live presence and your presence on LinkedIn is a the reason they let you go. But in this case is, you know, how do you know you're ready for a career change? For yeah, those gotcha. who are listening, watching, how do you know?
1: Yeah, gotcha. I mean, I think for me and and usually usually for the folks i work with a lot of it a lot of the themes that i i get every day from folks a couple i think number 1 i've been i get it i usually when burnout hits right when when folks just are you
0: know burnout that's the question i want to know do people really know burnout do we
1: know when we're tired or when we've had enough right like for me i've i've been able to recognize it pretty quickly because a lot of it like and burnout is burnout is is recognized i i feel differently from people like so for me when i'm burned out i get nervous and i'm very exhausted like those are the two things that i get is nervous i get nervous some anxiety and i'm tired but frustration as well right uncertainty and just when you start feeling unmotivated i would say is a big one as well if i feel like you know, oh, I just I, I don't want to do that. Or if there's things that I'm doing in my role or in my current job that I'm just doing it to do it, like I'm not feeling that sense of purpose or that sense of belonging, right, either by the company or by my manager or whatever. I feel a lot of it is a lot of that is incorporated. Um, yeah, G had another comment that was really good, I saw being the person I just talked to someone today who got laid off yesterday, still in the emotional mist. Yeah. And, and it's it's definitely an emotional feeling. And you, you've got to go through the motions of of that of that layoff, I, I feel, because um, it's tough. Right?
0: Don't go to a shooting range. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: it's hard out there. It's hard out there. Um. It's and G's hard. yeah, and G's story right here. She's debating. I went back to yeah, they're right here. I went back to a role that lasted only eight months. I'm in the exact spot now. I was a year ago, a half ago, and this is one of the several transitions over the years. Yeah, and it takes time. And I think I think that's the one thing that is important. Like we talked about the journey earlier. Like giving yourself that time, that space, and that grace when you're when you're transitioning, or if you're looking to make a transition. Right. Um, Because it takes time and change takes time. It it does.
0: It does. Uh, I do want to read it just in case. So those who are hearing on the podcast spot on about be about layoff, not being about the person. I just talked to someone today who got laid off yesterday and then still an emotional mist. Um, I was an emotional mist for like almost six months. I'm not going to lie. It was it was kind of hard, but I think that it's it's different for everybody. And also, okay, so for me, this is G, how I knew was, I knew was this a year ago, I was debating this, I went back to a role that lasted only eight months, I'm in in the exact same spot, I was a year and a half ago. And this is the one of several transition over the years. And she says, call it the proverbial straw in my case. And you know, you're being called to something better you ever thought possible for yourself which is true like transitions happen like doors get closed like you get one door open you're there for a little bit and then you move to the next door and then to the next door and I will say that we all have soft skills that are transferable I think we forget that neglect that And things that you were doing that you were because you had so much joy doing happens to come into the forefront when that opportunity positions itself. I mean, take, for example, Valerie. She was in the fashion industry when she got laid off and then she created this podcast, this blog that she was. Well, the podcast, no, but she did create a blog which opened many, many doors. She learned SEO. She then got hired by a fashion company to do writing for them. So it's really funny how you go through these ups and downs to get to something different. So I want to switch gears just a little bit because I want to see from the, the, the view of the employer. Yeah. So here they are, they're posting jobs they're saying, yo, I got this position here. I want you to apply. They may do a video. They may do an Indeed post. They might post on LinkedIn. They might say, hey, do you know anybody? Yeah. So I want to ask, because sometimes some of them will post a video. I mean, I have helped my client currently. I posted, I said, let's create a video. Sure. And, you know, it's a little bit like, you post applying for a job. It's a little bit slow traction. So what are some things to keep in mind for employers when they're posting a job?
1: Yeah. Very good question. Very, very, very good question. Well, I mean, we've talked about this one-on-one before, and I'll say it here. I mean, it's got to be, it's like with a resume, right? I say the three C's, consistent, compelling, and communication right you want to be consistent in how you're advertising jobs to keep up with employer branding perspectives and strategies it needs to be compelling in that it's going to attract the job seeker or the talent that's looking at the role and communication like right and when when i talk about communication i'm not just talking about this or this you know but communication as in transparency right Sharing salary ranges on there. Sharing if it's remote, hybrid, on site, where the person needs to be located, if there's any kind of a location requirement, all that stuff. Because that's a whole nother topic, like remote versus hybrid versus on site. We've seen, I've seen plenty of posts this week about that from people, um, from from really awesome people about just the differences and companies needing to be specific about that. Like it's just a whole nother topic. Uh, but that needs to happen. But the other thing too that I feel is really important, especially on job descriptions, is don't only just share what you're looking for right now for a particular role, but you need to also, as a company, share where that role is going to go in the future for the long haul, right? And that's effective workforce planning. I talk about workforce planning a lot, and a lot of companies say they have a workforce planning strategy. But a lot of times they don't. And when I think of workforce planning on a talent management perspective, it's 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 career management, right? Hel- and career pathing, like bringing career career pathing, which career pathing is around the employee and what where they see themselves going in the business, and then career management is where the employer sees that position going. So it's marrying those two. And so I think bringing that into the job description. And just sharing as clear as possible, like where is the job going to go in three to five years, right? Like making it clear and even expectations, right? The first 90 days, what's it going to look like for that employee when they get in there so that they're not like caught off guard if something needs to happen like that, right? So those are the three C's that I, I like to share consistency or, excuse me, communication, um, compelling communication, and uh, consistency.
0: And I'm going to get a little controversial to some folks that, and I understand if you stop following me, but that this comes to this other point. If you're an employer and you don't want to share that, like you're just, you're a small business and you want to bring on a talent, but you don't want to save as full-time or part-time because it depends on what you're asking for. So this kind of relates to a lot of, um, I want to say doctors, maybe some lawyers, but I find that it's weird that they don't want to share this information about that So what would you suggest in that situation? Yeah I mean I would say it's a very good question like
1: I'll, I'll kind of I'll kind of answer the question based on experiences that I've had so like when I had when I would when I would work with hiring managers sometimes and they're like well I don't want to share like the salary range or oh I don't want to share where the role is going to go in the long haul I would as a talent acquisition leader, I would assess like why are they why do they feel that way, right? Like why are they feeling or thinking that they shouldn't share that information? Like are they worried that a lot of times it's just worry or anxiety like that they may not attract the right talent. But I explained to them, well, if if we're wanting to attract the right talent and attract the talent that we need for this particular position, you should share that information and be comfortable sharing that information, I feel. But sharing it, you know, sharing it to ha- sharing it with your voice, right? Because, again, I think it's important, too, when you to talk about this yet, there's a whole other topic. I have so many things I'm like, I want to talk about this, but it's like a whole other topic of discussion. Um, And I'm sure with your clients, too, it's, it's also, too, like if you've got hiring managers that are looking for a certain position um, to get filled for their team. The hiring manager, I also feel should also have a say in getting out there as well. So like if they're going to get out on video or they're going to share, you know, that hiring manager, I feel should share their leadership style, too. Right. Like what's their management leadership style to their people? Like, how are they going to be as a manager to that person coming in? Because I also think that's 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 important to share as well, not like going into a novel of it. but. You know, so if I was looking for like a town acquisition specialist and I was the hiring manager, the way I would share it is I tell people like, look, I trust you to get the job done and I'm very hands-off in my management style. As long as you're performing your job and doing well, I'm not going to bug you. But if you have any questions, I am absolutely here to answer questions and I want you to pick my brain on things because I want you to learn town acquisition better than I learned town acquisition so that if I leave that company or I'm run over by a bus tomorrow, right, or something, you're going to have the tools and the resources that you need to succeed in your career. Um, So those are things I
0: would say. I love that. I just hope that anybody who's listening to this, watching this, put it into perspective. And something that I will also share is sometimes you think a role can be done by they can do one, ro- two roles by one person. I will say you really need to do a little bit of research. That's just me. I, I always look at social media manager positions. And I find that they try to like, put it together with something else. And I'm like, look, as someone who owns a business, has to write the post, create the post, meaning like you have to create the graphic, create the carousel, create the video, edit the video, and then post, and then go and research and find trending audio. What are the trending topics? What are our pain points of our clients? What should I include? What should I not include? What kind of freebie should I come up with? And then still have to go and look for clients I will say this, a lot of entrepreneurs, we all have moments. So I'm just saying that for those out there, don't think that, you know, you can combine two and one. Actually, let the social media manager do what they do best and help the person who is in sales, give them things so that it can help them bring clients to them. So content is what we call top of funnel. Middle yep. of funnel is stuff like this. What you see is, is a live streaming show. It is the um, podcast. And then you have what's actually going to convert content. Like what? once you get them through the funnel, then they're actually wanting to work with you. But we don't think like that sometimes. And that's okay. It's a learning curve. I actually sent this message out to the person. So that's just me. If I'm, you know, I just think sometimes... We shouldn't be putting people in multiple roles only because we're setting them up for failure, unless it's something that they did before. Hey, I'm not stopping you, but how many people who are entrepreneurs wanting to do social media and sales for someone else? I'm just saying, It's just something right. to think about, you know, but you know what? We're actually going to be stopping this conversation. I know we're going to do a part two. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. And what we're going to do right now. Thank you, G. We appreciate that you're loving this from the both of us. And it's really resonating. If you are looking for a job or you're thinking about a career change, make sure book a call with Phil. I have posted his links in the comments. I've also posted his website. Look you listen to the episode leave a five-star review i'm trying to build up my reviews can you help me please and last but not least i just want to say thank you to everybody because next week is thanksgiving and i am super thankful for all of you it's been the best ride of my life it's three years 234 episodes for journeyman entrepreneur over 300 episodes well no I'm going to say combine all the all of the live shows I've done pop up everything it's over 500 episodes like this is this is not easy but it takes beautiful souls to support come in the background like Phil, Rob, G, I mean Shalini, there are so many who remind me why I do what I do. So I just want to say thank you. So until the next episode, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you found it very helpful, share it with a friend, share it in your social media. Until the next time.